Ladies in the Lead, and I'm Joan, your host. Welcome to this week's episode with the amazing Miss Carmen Smith, dear friend of mine who has been a lifelong sheep, goat, and cattle exhibitor. And when you hear, you might hear one pig too. But I just was so excited to get to interview her because she is a person who has taken mentorship and volunteering to the next level to really keep herself involved in stock show. I hope that when you listen to this episode, you hear her say, it's just in my blood. And if you know Carmen at all, you know it's in your blood. She has been a renowned showmanship judge. She has shown goats and lambs that have won state fairs and national shows. And yet she still takes the time to come to the county level and really make things best for a beginner showman all the way up through somebody who's been showing goats for 10, 12 years. I love it. I absolutely love it. So I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Let me introduce to you all our lady in the lead this week, Miss Carmen Smith. specialist in the state of Iowa, but also a dear, dear friend of mine, best friend, I will put that out there. Can't we say that? Sure. Okay. We have traveled the world together. Yes, we have. We've been to Australia, and that's another whole story of like 10 days of traveling the country. Yeah. And we have been, we've known each other forever, but um, I would love to introduce you all to Miss Carmen Smith. Welcome. Well, I'm very excited to be here. Well, thank you. Okay. So you know about the podcast because... Being one of my best friends in life, you've heard me talk about this for three years, right? Yep. <laughs> Are you tired? Your dream has finally come true. Are you tired of hearing about it? No, I am not, and I enjoy all the other interviews. It's been really interesting. It has been fun, hasn't it? Yeah. I know, and I love that it's about Cedar County, which you and I grew up in, yep. and you know, we went both to Lincoln of Stanwood. Yes. And you were a couple years older than me, but we really have been like sisters our whole lives and showing and stuff. So tell people who don't really know you, um, tell us a little bit about how you guys grew up, you know, what your family is, dynamics was like, and kind of like what you showed when you were in 4-H. Or yeah. FFA, too, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, I'm dominantly more in 4-H, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've been in livestock my entire life, and I have one older brother, which majority of you know, and my mom and dad, and we just, we've always done this showing thing. My mom and dad both grew up showing. My dad primarily sheep. My mom um, showed cattle in Nebraska. Okay, so your dad was from Nebraska too? No. No, your dad was from... Stanwood. And your mom's from Nebraska. My mom is from Nebraska. I didn't know she showed cattle. Yeah. What kind of cattle did she show? Um, once they got married, she started showing cattle with my dad, who was the herdsman out in Boystown in Omaha. Oh, yeah. I remember this story. He graduated yes. from Iowa State and okay. then went out to be the herdsman. And that's where my mom and dad met in Omaha. And then they had a 
steer, pretty dominant Hereford steer, that they took to Chicago and they took to a couple of the majors and did really well with. Oh, they did it together as a married couple? Yep. A steer, oh, that's so funny. Did they raise it on the, when your dad was being the husband? Oh, you don't know. Okay. So your mom and dad married, moved back to the farm. Moved back to the family farm, farm yeah. in Stanwood. My grand, grandpa and grandma built the house that we live in now. And then once they retired and moved to town, then my dad and mom moved back. And we've had sheep all of my life. Ever yeah. since I could walk, I was at the state fair. And we've been showing purebred sheep. Right. And then once Craig got into 4-H, I got into 4-H. Then we really got... Um, Showed a lot of sheep, of course, and cattle. Mm-hmm. So, but you showed home race ones, right? Or did yeah. You, did no. you buy cattle? We bought uh, we bought cattle primarily, and then sheep. We raised all of what we uh, grew, what we raised. Okay, so I have a story about coming to your farm when I was eight or seven, and you guys raised South Downs, and I don't know if everybody knows them at South Downs are the cutest sheep. They were my favorite okay. until I got Shortest. too tall and they broke my back trying to show them. So when we showed sheep, okay, so I don't know, finish the story. So when we were, I was eight, year old, eight years old, my dad took me to your guys' farm. I think we were like maybe projecting out for the next year. I was going to show lambs or something and we come down there to, we had a few ewes too. Maybe we were getting a ram or something from you. And I distinctly remember looking across the barnyard and seeing your South Downs peeking out through the gates and I was like oh like this magic <laughs> moment of passionate in love South Downs you know they're so cute so how long did you have the South Down herd and showed them we had them a long time and we um we showed them all over and Louisville was one of our biggest shows we went to yeah. and did really well and again that was mom and dad started uh that South Downs and then of course I fell in love with them and at one point, we had Hamps, Southdowns, and Dorsets. And Dorsets. So we had three breeds. We sold off the Dorsets, kept the Hamps and Southdowns for a long time, and then went more into the crossbreds. Yeah. So that was younger. Or, but you always had those all the way through your FFA career, right? The purebreds? We didn't have the Southdowns. Okay. I think I was... Yeah. I was in high school when we got rid of the South Downs, and we were more showing in the 4-H, obviously. Yes. So we were more on the market lambs. And we were doing really well in the cattle, too, when mm-hmm. both Craig and I were showing. So you just can't do breeds and market all at the same time. No, it's too much. It's too much. I know. Well, you would say that, but then <laughs> I kind of remember you dipping into the pig thing, too. So like you were like showing three breeds and whatever. So that's how you grew up. Like That's what you guys did. One of the things I remember back in high school, and I won't say all of our ages, but everybody knows how old I am, and she's just a little older than me. So, right. Yeah. Uh, but I just remember how you guys really owned that livestock, that stock show kind of fun. Like you guys went, you went to the big shows, you went all over the country, you guys were on a national level meeting different families and stuff. And, you know, just from my perspective, just being small town, Cedar County, what I felt small town, you know, just growing into it, was that something that like your mom and dad really felt was important to do because it came back to the farm? Or how did you get on that national stage so early in your careers? Well, we did it as a family. Okay. We, we, you know, we have done everything as a family. And yeah, we showed every weekend. The, the cattle was an every weekend event going to a show. 
sheep uh, wasn't as much, you know, times have changed now. The yeah, Martin Lamb circuit is every weekend, right. calling points and, and this and that. And we didn't have that when we were showing. No, we didn't. Mm-mm. No. We didn't have all the fun prizes that they get today. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> no, we didn't. But, um, so my, my senior year, funny story, my senior year at the county fair, we you know our county is very, very competitive yes. in every species. And, and we have been very competitive when we were showing, yeah. but my senior year, since of course I'm the youngest and it was my last year, uh, my brother and I said, let's go for it all in my senior year. And so I showed one pig, <laughs> one pig. and I showed sheep and cattle and yeah. I ended up uh, winning all three of those species. But one and done on the pigs, let me just say, Can I just that was say- enough of that. I chuckle at that because I showed one pig too. And I'm like, I'm out. I'm, I'm amazed at what people do with their pigs now and how oh, they walk. Oh, it was not like that back then. No. No, you could come out of the It got in a corner and it didn't want to get out of there and I... <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know, if, if and you continued on huge in your FFA career as well. Winning in the state fair, yeah. not only once, yeah. but twice. Yes. I mean, that was just huge honors. Was that home race lambs that you did that with? Those were home race lambs, yes. Um, I was very fortunate to win back-to-back. And the second year, which is one of my most treasured highlights, I guess, is I had four out of the six lambs out for a champion drive. Oh, my gosh. Which is unheard of. Is unheard of. And in, you know... Old days, that was really unheard of. So yeah. I, I'm very proud of that. So. Yeah, that's such, and that, you know, I mean, it's so cool. I mean, I can't even, that's just like blows my mind, you know, four of the top six out there. And then, well, and as much as we love the state fair, I know how yeah. much you love the state fair oh, as yeah. much as I do. And the, yeah. the competition, yeah, is unbelievable. And so, yeah. And so when you left high school, you didn't go into an egg field though. You no. went to <laughs> AIB, right? I went to a business school in Des Moines, right. AIB. I always knew I was going to be in an ag field, and here I'm not. I went to um, get my marketing degree, and I'm actually um, in the insurance right now, health insurance, and oh I've been in it for 30 plus years, yeah. and never thought I'd still be here, but I, I truly love my job, and I'm still working with people, which... Yeah. Is what I'm meant to be meant yeah, to that's, do. That's true. So the podcast is called "Ladies in the Lead." She stock shows. So I always start off with usually the first question is: is when I say she stock shows, what does that mean to you? Like, how do you identify yourself in the stock show industry? When I say Carmen, you stock show. What does that mean to you? Well, I think stock show um, is in my blood. Yeah. I mean, it's been in my blood ever since I could walk. I've been to livestock shows i've done the work in the barn Mm -hmm. i've done the coaching with the kiddos now that you know we're out of the show ring and Mm -hmm. now it's kind of the next level into the volunteering and the coaching Mm -hmm. and that's where i get to stock show anymore i wasn't fortunate enough to have my own kiddos (coughs) but i have a lot of rented kids you do have a lot of rented kids (laughs) and so funny um i'm just happy that i can still be involved and yeah. I've made a lot of lifetime friends in this oh, industry. Yeah. 
And we, we, we go someplace together and oh, people yeah. are amazed about how many people we know. Okay, this is just going to put this out there. I'll put it on record. People say that when I go to the barn, I know a lot of people. And then I say, no, no, you haven't gone to the barn until you've gone to Carmen and met a lot of people, especially a sheep barn. I'm like, oh, for God's sakes, we got to keep moving. But I mean, it's so fun though to see that. I think one of the things that's really imprinted on me and you as well is, you know, trying to stay involved. Like you said, you don't have kids of your own and how do you stay involved with the industry and still have a really big influence in it. How would you say that that's changed for you over the last 20 years? You know, I mean, you guys were really heavy producers. Um, You get these kids, you know, matched up with the goats and the sheep. How is that? Is that looked the same for your last 10 years? Well, and we do, you know, we are a breeder and we Mm -hmm. sell our stock. Um, But yeah, being involved, I, it's just part of the volunteering now. Mm -hmm. Like, I, uh, gosh, what has it been? Four or five years ago now that I kind of took over the lead of our Cedar County mm-hmm. Committee for the Best of the Best, which is 13 counties. It's uh, our regional show. Our regional showdown. And for everybody, we're at a sheep and goat show right now. <laughs> <laughs> Recording this. We just wrapped it up. We just literally spent seven hours at this sheep and goat show from the Best of the Best. It was a fall show. Like, right. So we just both sat here all day and went to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I know. But being involved in that is yeah. a way that I can give back to the county and still keep involved with the kiddos. And I'm into volunteering now, so yeah. I'm and happy to help. Know, you live in Ankeny, but really still call Cedar County home. Yes. And, do so and many, I always will. Yeah, because you're on right. the farm so much about that. Yeah. So for those who are looking to, you know, jump back into it, maybe they miss it. Maybe they don't know, like their kids have aged out. They don't know how to jump back in. That's a really great place to start is at, you know, the county level. Right. That's what you can do. Go to your extension director or you're really involved in the cattlemen. Um, right. And yeah. see if you can help there. The Cedar County cattlemen. Yeah, I do help um, a lot. They have so many serving events. So, yeah, I help serve. And we serve at the state fair, the beef quarters mm-hmm. on the last, the first oh, Thursday always. Yeah, she tried to roll me into that. I was like, I'm not at the beef quarters for nine hours. No, I don't love the beef quarters because I'm like, uh, first day of fair, no thank you. But, but it's fun, again, too. Yeah. you see so many people that you know coming through the line and it's just, oh, it's just a fun, I know. to me it's a fun event. That's good, I know. Uh, one of the things I like to think about, because we've kind of aged ourselves now, so if you had to go back and tell yourself at age 10, some piece of advice, now knowing what you know, what would you have told yourself back then? Well, I feel like I often say this to the younger kiddos too that I'm trying to coach is you got to believe in yourself and putting in the hard work at home definitely makes a difference once you get to the show ring. Mm-hmm. And only you can do the work, and only you know the outcome that you want. Mm-hmm. Now, when you get to a show, and if you're frustrated with how you ended up, then figure out what you need to do better. Mm-hmm. So, when you were 10, who was leading that and exampling? Who was your model for that? Who was telling you what the work was? Was it your dad? Was it well, Did you have good mentors? Who was that yeah, one? I had great mentors. Um, one of the biggest mentors I had was Russ Brannon from Kent Feeds in Muscatine. 
Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a good yeah. memory. Yeah. Why, what did he Russ do? Russ did a lot of uh, showing and fitting demonstrations in clinics. And, you know, he was just spot on. He just told you like it is. There's no beating around the bush. And he was one of our biggest mentors, but both my mom and dad too. Because showing and, and seeing the show ring and knowing... You know, we knew what our goals were. We mm -hmm. knew we wanted to be at the top of the class and not at the bottom. And you had to work to get there. You had to mm -hmm. work here. You have a daily mm -hmm. process that you have to do to get there. You have a daily showmanship that you need to do. Mm -hmm. That animal has to be set up, in my mind, every single day. So that when you get to the show ring, it's natural. Mm -hmm. Why is your knee coming in front of that sheep? Yeah. They pop in automatically and they, they know why. Yeah. So, yeah, so that the, but when you were like, so through all those years, it was nice. It was kind of just your guys' thing. You did that. I have to say, like, when we showed back in the day, it was just starting to get them under fans, rinse every day. Like, the whole hair concept right. was coming in. It's not like it is now where, you know, like we have a cooler and we, we used did. a brush. We used water and a brush. There was no coolers, there was no air conditioners. Do you remember your first blower? <laughs> I wore a brush out. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. You wore the brush out. Yeah, we did a lot of physical work that way. Yes. Today, though, you have been um, a real leader, I know, at state fair level in the showmanship. You've been the FFA showmanship judge. I don't want to give away your secret identity here, but I mean, for the last few years, you have been, you know, doing the showmanship judging. Tell us if you can, for those who are doing goats and sheep, three things that you look for. Like, I know we just left a show ring and the judge said yeah. some kids have an it factor. Yeah. Okay. Do you look for this I think it factor that, or what do you got? What yes. Do you there are there are natural showmen and there are unnatural showmen. Just Ooh. like in any sporting event. Right. I mean, and this is our sport. Right. Showing livestock is right. our sport. So well in the sheep and goats specifically, I look for smoothness. Mm -hmm. If you're nervous, that animal is going to be nervous. Mm -hmm. And you can tell immediately when they come in the ring if they're nervous or not. And oh, the, you mean the exhibitor or the animal? The exhibitor. Yeah. Yeah. You just need to have a smoothness. I think um, walking that sheep, I know, and it's some of the people are running these sheep yes. and goats. What's that trend in the ring? Well, I, that trotting. I believe that they don't walk smoothly, so if they trot them and run them fast, then you don't see how they actually walk. Oh, okay. So, but again... <laughs> that's, you're showing them to the best of your ability, so maybe right. that's what you've been coached. And, and that's what you've been coached, and that's what you've been told at home to do, mm -hmm. so that's what you're going to do in the show ring. So, smoothness, um, one eye on the judge, one eye on your animal. Yeah. It's, it's tough to do for the littles, I know. It's a learning curve that you've got to kind of realize. Balance But out. you need to know how your, your animal's looking. Mm -hmm. I, I, in our show barn, and I often tell my kiddos, get a mirror in that show barn. Set that animal up in front of a mirror mm -hmm. so you can see yourself how that animal is looking. Mm -hmm. Because somebody can be coaching you, but 
when you're in the show ring, you shouldn't have to be looking to the sideline for somebody to tell you which leg's out of place. Yeah. You should have that inkling and look down and see where the leg placement is. All right, so you gotta be calm. You gotta know how to do your own legs, that much coaching. And what would be your third thing? Like if really a standout showman, a good tip. Uh, I don't know if I have three, actually. You kind of get a sense about it, don't you, when you see them? Well, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. wearing a belt is another pet peeve of mine. I think you I need to have a belt on. A belt on? There you go. In the ring. That's it. That's No more tips. I'm three. Okay. That's three. No more tips other than that. Because that's it. That's, that's like, they'll have to earn it the rest of the way. <laughs> I know that. Tell us about... Um, I always like this part because ladies in the lead is really about women in the industry that have somehow like stepped it up, you know, like mentored somehow or really excelling in the ring yet really give back. And I want you to think back to a time where you think you really stepped it up as an exhibitor. Do you remember a certain animal, a favorite or a favorite lamb or favorite steer or even, cause you didn't really show goats. So did you? No, I, well, I mean uh, like cause goats like, that wasn't really a thing. No, then, like, yeah. we, by the time we started goats, no, I was out of uh, 4-H FFA. So no, I never really showed. I showed at a couple open shows early on, but mm-hmm. no, I had to say I had a steer, a red steer named Cruiser. <gasps> I remember this steer. That was so my bad. favorite steer. He was. And we showed all over and we showed every weekend and he was a fan favorite of a lot of people. Yeah. But yeah, he. Uh, I think when I was able to show that red steer, that that's really when we stepped up the whole cattle. Yeah. Well, yeah. we showed decent ones, but you know, he, like I said, we showed him every weekend, and he always won. Yeah, yeah. did really well. Was that your what year was that? Your junior year? Yeah, it was my junior year of high school. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's yeah. exciting because that's I remember that steer. He was really good. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun to watch. You know, back then. Yeah. Do you? The sheep just kind of came natural because we've raised sheep all right. of our life, and we've always done well in the sheep. But mm-hmm. you know, winning the state fairs too is a huge, huge. Yeah. Um, Your brother won the state fair too. He did. He Craig won in '85, and then I ended up winning in '88. And 89, which was a total shock. Yeah. I can't, it's just unbelievable to try to, to, you know, think about winning it two times in a row. Yes. And, yeah, that sort of thing. Yes. That's cool. Very, very so fortunate. So it's kind of interesting that your favorite animal you ever showed was steer. Yeah. Versus, now. Now, if I, had to, if I had the opportunity to show goats, I'd probably say goats are my favorite because I get them really tame with all these 4-H kids. And then they're always in the gate hole, which the brother doesn't always like. <laughs> Can't help it. Okay, so for those who are don't know you as well, because we have a lot of listeners that maybe don't, aren't familiar with you, your family operation right now really has focused on goats and sheep. You've backed off the sheep, but now you really are focused on the goats really producing a lot of high-level goats that are going all over the country yeah. and the nation. And you still have some show cattle, too. Yeah, we have so show cattle. And- are, so it's Cedar Crest Farms, for those who haven't fought, who don't know. Are you doing only um, private treaty on the cattle, or do you have a do you put them in sales? No, we do private treaty on the cattle. Okay. Um, out of the pasture. Mm-hmm. 
And then uh, sheep is pretty much private treaty also. Okay. We have a lot of people who just come to the farm and buy in the springtime. Mm -hmm. We had lambs today showing at yeah. this show. So yeah. yeah. So the lambs are done via spring sales or yes. online sales or you spring do sales. Spring sales, yeah. And the goats are you can come to the farm or do a um, goats. We typically uh, sell out of state. We sell some off the farm, but we sell most of them out of state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, you're getting them all over, so yeah. they go to Texas, Indiana. You've had some big successes. We have had some You've big successes. You won the state fair with the goat you raised, right? And we had a, uh, we raised the reserve doe at the Illinois State Fair this year. Just this year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were just telling that. Me was that was exciting, yeah. I know. When you think about your next 10 to 15 years in this industry and you see yourself you know continuing down this road what do you see for yourself like do you can see yourself still as a producer a mentor do you see your role changing at all are you really like this spot that you're in and really like that path that you guys are on yeah I think um well as you know you know we lost my dad a year yes. ago so the dynamics has kind of changed but Craig really has been and has yeah. really the mindset behind the breeding program um, and getting them in the right hands to get to that winter circle. And he's also the feed guy. So yeah. he helps the kiddos with the feeds, feed rations and everything. And I'm more just on the, the showing and get the kids ready to go into the show ring, so to oh, speak. Yeah. Because we all know, showmanship, you can show an animal to the first place. Yes. especially You can also goats. show an animal to last. The third or fifth. Right. We, I say this all the time. A good showman will take an average lamb and right. beat a good lamb. Right. Good steers, good heifers. If you have a bad showman, they'll usually set themselves. They'll, they'll still win nine times out of ten. Good sheep, right. average sheep, good showman. It's critical. It's like massively critical, especially in the goat world. So your role in this partnership with your brother is so critical because not that Craig doesn't do coaching, but you really go out to the farms, go to the kids, coach them, you know, throughout the summer, and then you coordinate that even at the show day to help. Right, them. and yeah. the the kids that are at top of the class make it look easy. Uh, they make it look easy because those lambs are broke and those kids are know what they're doing. Yeah. Now, it's not so easy when you're first starting and you have to realize where the knee placement needs to be and where the connection to the chest needs to be and yeah. and what's bracing even mean and yeah. where do those legs do need to be. Do you remember like when Brad Dale first started doing that? In, yeah. At the state fair, everybody thought he was crazy. Yeah. Like, what is going on in the show ring? I remember the year he came because for those who didn't see people show sheep in the 1980s, right? I mean, we used to right. squat beneath them, right, and struggle with our bellies, yes, and, or on their bellies, and we more of like a breeding type. Yeah. You'd stroke. We never stood right. Like we right. embraced them, you know. And that's I remember that. And then you brace them to have to. Have their muscle expression, and and now same thing with the goats. Yeah. So on the market goats, you're bracing your, they're bracing the does. I know that's different, isn't it? Yeah. That's kind of fun. I know. Well, the thing I love about our relationship has always been that 
you and I are just as passionate about judging the livestock as we are about um, watching the kids show. It's show. I mean, I know you're like a showmanship judge, and but <laughs> we also really just get into seeing the stock itself. Yes. And we have been for years. I think we've always just taken it a little for granted that we've had a friend in the industry that's been like that. I don't know. Do you ever look back and go, oh, that was different? Or We're taking for granted, too, that I've been able to and blessed to show good quality stock right. because we raise them. We know the breeding behind them. Um, yeah, We work the daily hair care. We right. get them to where they need to be presented appropriately in the show ring. Right. And if they don't look the part, then we don't go to the show. Yeah. That's a big part of, um, I was, I was thinking about this because a lot of times, like if they're not ready, you guys wait to, to go right. when they're ready. Where some people's philosophy is I have two animals and I want to go. No matter summer, what. No matter what. You guys are like really honing in when the animal's ready, we're going to go and maximize that right. opportunity and that potential. So I think it's a two different mindsets. Um, how many would you say is a good number for a goat exhibitor to have? Four, two, 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 <laughs> two. Especially a person who's just starting out. Two. You okay. really need I'll... to have two so that they have a buddy. Okay. And but don't many... get them too close in the buddy system because they will <laughs> scream and yell when their buddy is not there with them. God, that's so funny. <laughs> two. How many lamps would you say is a good number? I two again. I two, think oh, when two? you start. Yeah. Do you like to share? Yeah, as you as you get. Yeah. You know, as of course, as you get older and more, more knowing what you're doing, you have to have more because one's not going to turn out. I know. This is my thing. It's just obvious. I had three children. You know that. And at yes. one time, they were all in 4-H at once. And they each had four. And we had to share like 12. And I was just like, that's so many. I was like, it was, it was exhausting. Right. I know. So I'm with you on two. Two goats, two. But two. now, you know, you can yeah. have you can have females and you get a market. I know. Can have whatever. That's good. Use and weathers. take a little break from the podcast because I just wanted to interject here really something special that's going on in Cedar County. And many of you know, we've been talking about the women of Cedar County, the ladies in the lead, but I'm telling you right now, it's coming up with just some really, really strong cattle sales. And this week, I really want to talk about Sugar Creek Farms. It's Brad Chapman, Arlen Moore, Worthman Angus, and Logan LaFriends. And you just can't get better cattlemen. You can't get better people than that. And I was talking with Brad on the phone and talking about the cattle that are in the sale. And their sale's coming up here on September 18th. It's on SC Online Sales. He is super excited. They are excited about the breed steers and really about the offering they have for just some really standout cattle this year. Really fundamentally sound. Really look the part. Really something for everybody. Um, he was telling me about a couple of his shorty plus steers that he has really state fair bound 
cool, cool colors. Deep red. We got some roans in there. He's got a Simmental steer. He's got one of me thinks that can go the distance. Really just has all the fundamentals. Really solid. Really solid black. Really sound. And if you were at State Fair, you saw that that division is a place I think people can get in there and get into the big dance. Also got some a great main steer. Big butted, giant ears, he was telling me. The hair's coming. He's got all the bells and whistles. Really has the foot and he has that heel that we're all looking for. That main steer is going to be one you're going to want to check out. And of course, he has an Angus steer and a Charlay steer. Next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about a few of those cattle, but I just can't thank Sugar Creek enough for all the work that they do to give back to all of those that purchase from them. Arlen and Brad and Logan, they go out and they support you. They support the cattle that are out there. They stand behind them. You know, it's their representation of 150 cows, and this is the best 25 that they got, and they're selling them out there. Again, the sale's going to be on September 18th. The barn's opening up this Sunday. I hope you can get out there and see them. Hey, the address is 1924 Newton Avenue, right there in Tipton. It's Sugar Creek Farms. Check it out. If you got any questions, hey, post up on the website or go ahead and reach out to Brad and Arlen, Logan, or even Worthman Angus. Guys, uh, let's get back to the episode. I can't wait for you to listen to the rest. Um, Cedar County because this first season is called home Mm -hmm. and you know I've been like talking to people throughout the county and just different aspects of it what does Cedar County still mean to you now as a person well Cedar County will always be home yeah you know that (laughs) I know even though like people will say where are you from you're like Cedar County yeah yeah even though I live in Ankeny you don't live in Ankeny I travel 80 a lot (laughs) Back and forth. Um, yeah, my job is in Ankeny, but my life yeah. and my passion is in Cedar County, which is why I get the opportunity to help out so much. I volunteer so much. You know, I would well, never miss County Fair. No. That's just obvious. But you work at farm so much too let's yes. just be honest you put in the time there too you're not you're yes. out there kidding the goats you're out there lambing the lambs all that sort of stuff so really i see cedar county is such a legacy iconic like home place for you and me but really for you i mean i know you own it too like with that well home. and also the farm you know the farm mm-hmm. is very important and now since we don't have dad any longer yeah it's it's a it's a lot to manage it's a lot to take care of it's Mm -hmm. we have a lot of livestock to handle and so Mm -hmm. craig and i do that very well together yeah we kind of have to yeah we have a partnership and i know what needs to be done you know of course he's there 24 7 and i he appreciates my help when i do come and help especially in the winter you know when when we are lambing and Kid out. When kid out. We got forty head in one week, and oh, yeah, God, I it's know. it's crazy. If somebody had to say, Carmen, tell me, if I only had to go to, you know, like two national shows, which ones would you choose? Oh gosh, 
Because you've been the you've shown Louisville it is my number one favorite show. Why? Why is Louisville on your list? I it there's just there's so much to do when you're there, and the the green shavings out there is just awesome. Yeah, it's, so Louisville. Um, yeah, and Exarvin. Exarvin. Well, Exarvin has always just had a soft spot spot in my heart because. My mom, well, my dad used to show at Exarbon in the old, old Exarbon days. Yes. When my mom being from Nebraska and yeah. going and showing and, you know, then we went downtown Omaha, which... Yeah, because you were... Okay, so old Exarbon... The racetrack. Was it, the racetrack. Yeah, the racetrack of Exarbon. Oh my gosh. And then it went to downtown Omaha. And then it went to the Quest Center. Center. Yes, Century Link or whatever it was called now. Yeah. And then now it's at Grand Island, of yeah. course. Which it is beautiful. Oh, beautiful facility. So those two you would say would yeah. be your two top. Did you show at Denver? I never did show at Denver. Okay. I have gone to watch shows, but I've never shown at Denver. Did you ever do anything? We have taken uh bulls to Denver and we've yeah. shown Bulls there. And have you ever done any of the like Houston, Fort Worth, no, the Texas shows? No. But you have goats there now, right? Like that we go to Texas down that way? Um, but mo- maybe, maybe you don't even know. I guess it's hard to track them. Well, somewhere. right. At this point, I mean, they get tangled. They're sold in. Who knows where they end up, right? I know. That's so good. Okay. Oh my gosh. You know, we've already talked for half an hour. You know, you and I can talk for hours. <laughs> we can keep chatting. So I'm like, okay, so I always wrap it up. So I like to keep it timely. Yes. Keep it timely. Okay, we do fast questions at the end. Okay. Okay, and I know you've listened ahead, so I'm gonna yeah. throw, miss. I'm just going to throw them out there for you. First thing we always want to know is what music do you play at the barn when you're in the barn? Well, when I'm in the barn, I have it on country. But in the winter when we're lambing and kidding, it's often on WMT, so we can hear you on Saturday mornings doing chores. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is terrible. Okay, so WMT is like talk radio. And that was Dad's favorite. It was WMT. It's AM talk radio, yes. which is so fun. Well, good for you for listening to country. Now, here's a little tip. We used to dance all the time to country. Alabama is one of your favorite. Yes. Still one of your favorites. Yes. Do you have an album on your playlist? Uh, yes, I do on my playlist. Oh, Mountain But I don't music. do my playlist Ever in the Ever ask you to dance to Mountain Music? It's fantastic. All right. No, totally. Don't ask you to dance <laughs> all right, what do you wear to the barn? Everybody wants to know what Oh my gosh. It's... Okay, first of all, what's your choice of shoes? Flip flops, boots, tennies? No, I always have a hard sold shoe on. You do? I do. Old school. Huh? I, yeah, I'm old school. And even in the summer, I really don't wear shorts to the barn because if you're messing with any sheep or goats, you're always using your legs. and So you wear jeans, boots, and t- a t-shirt. Or uh, oh, or tennis shoes, you know. Yes. Just right. a sold shoe, but I never wear flip-flops in the barn. <laughs> there are a lot of people that wear flip-flops. I know, and I'm okay. surprised after this, listening to your podcast. This podcast, I've learned that there's way more thug and rap music listened to than I've ever listened to in my life. And there's a lot more people that are wearing flip-flops and, like, Crocs to the there was a trailer today that had rap music as I walked out of the show ring and I'm like, whoa, what's that? I think this is like <laughs> aging us. All right. So if you could look back at your legacy and say, this is the impact I really wanted to have. What do you think that that is? You know, I think I'm getting to really live that out. 
Yeah. Partially because, um, you know, I wasn't fortunate enough to have my own family and my own kiddos, which Mm. this is what I would have been doing. Yeah. And hopefully my kiddos would have liked it as much as I do. So now, now on the volunteering side, I get to do what I so love to do by helping the kiddos and, and seeing the families. And, you know, we've got a lot of families who grow, grew up showing together and now they're kiddos. So now I get a support and cheer on their kiddos at this age. So you think the legacy is, is the mentoring and the volunteering and the staying involved in it? Yes. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. It's an amazing thing that we get to do. Right. I think it's one of the best part-time gigs or full-time gigs like passions that I love to do and I've been honored to be a friend of yours and doing it with you since we were little yes and so for those of you I just want to put out a heartfelt thank you for being on the show with me because I couldn't imagine doing Cedar County without Kerman Smith being on thanks for inviting me and asking me to I know because you truly have been a leader in the industry for your whole career and not only that but you've really given it back to people and you continue to still give it back to people and boy are we blessed to have that oh thanks so much for being here i really appreciate it all right so that's going to wrap up this episode of ladies in the lead but i can't wait for you to join us again next week when we uh meet kylie langley who is an up-and-coming sheep shower that just I can't wait for you all to meet her because you want to talk about somebody who's kicked it up in the last three years and making a difference. And But this week, Carmen, thanks for being my friend. You thanks bet. Thanks for being on the podcast. Anytime. Look forward to seeing you. Well. Down we, the road. Well, down the road. <laughs> but I'm trying to think where we're going to see you next. Um, I don't Probably at the farm. Probably. I don't know where. All right, y'all. Have a good week. We'll talk to you next, next week. Have a good one. And that's a wrap for another episode of Ladies in the Lead. I want to thank Austin Garner for being my producer. I'm your host, Joan Garner, and we can't wait to see you guys out on the road. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and of course, check us out on Facebook at Joan Garner. We'd love to see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.